0: good friday morning draft crafters it's dan it's jp and you sir and i are in the midst of one of the more entertaining groups we've got a roll through here in the scouting pre-scouting combine process because uh, we're going through again as we did last show the cornerbacks now we're going through all of the different position groups rolling up to the scouting combine at the end of February and you decided that it'd be a great idea for us to tackle the wide receivers. And I'm like, cool, that
1: sounds like a great idea. Dude, there's a lot of wide receivers. Dude, there is, and I think I forgot to mention it on the last episode, but um I knew wide receiver and offensive tackle were the two deepest by far. Mm -hmm. But remember when I was saying like I thought cornerback was surprisingly maybe the third deepest, and maybe it still is. At mm-hmm. least when I did the cornerback rankings, like, you know, pre-combine rankings, <laughs> I found that, like, drop-off mark. Yeah. It's, I, man, wide receivers is still, there's still so much I got to do to, like, you know, separate some of these guys. It, it's, it's hard. It's not at 12. It's very hard. And it's not 12 at 12. is not the twelve are, point. There are 12 <laughs> really, really good wide receivers. My goodness, but all right. Yeah, there's more than that. That's the fun part. I mean, there's uh, a hilarious number of guys at
0: times, and it, it's fun because it really does make it interesting, especially not just for us, obviously for teams that actually have to make these picks, uh, but just the process of going through all of this is going to be something that is just going to just be an adventure, and I think the uh, the combine will definitely give us some more answers for people, but and, and the senior bowl certainly did that as well, but Let's go ahead and uh, jump right in with, like we did last time, I think we we're going to pretty much do this for several of these position groups. Why don't you give me your few guys, I don't know, if you got like, I don't know, three or six or whatever that didn't quite make the cut. You can just throw some names out there.
1: Well, I'll give you two groups of people that didn't make the Knick cut because there's that many freaking wide receivers here. Um, <laughs> so guys like Jermaine Burton, Johnny Wilson, and Jalen McMillan, mm-hmm. I haven't even done proper dives on, so they're kind of irrelevant Fair. for now. But guys I've done dives on that just missed the cut that I like a lot in no particular order are Tory Horton, Jalen Polk, Xavier mm-hmm. Worthy, Ricky Pierzal, and Roman Wilson go blue. Like They didn't make right. the top 12. And those guys are all really good.
0: Yeah, Xavier Worthy snuck in, in my top twelve, uh, but again, that's a subject to change as we go through this. And I agree with you. Like Jalen Polk's on there, Malik Washington's on there, I Smith is on there. Uh, Hayden Hatton, who I mentioned, is somebody that I'm curious to see where he comes out in all of this process. Ricky Pearsall's there. Uh, it's just there's so many names that we're gonna. We joke that like you know we got. Twelve packs. We're gonna have a thirty rack of wide receivers, and that's probably not out of the the realm of possibility to see at least thirty wide receivers drafted this year, uh, and well, certainly
1: thirty names you can I... talk about because they're going to go into the UDFA pool as well. Yeah, I may tell you the averages. We may as well do it on mm-hmm, every show. Mm-hmm, we did mm-hmm. it with the corners. So the last five years, thirty-two wide receivers have been drafted. So two less in comparison to the corners, but no, okay, that's you know, wild. Since two thousand and eight, it's still thirty-two. So basically since 2000, <laughs> no matter what, it's 32 is the number. So we should probably have 32 wide receivers ranked, Dan.
0: I think that's uh, probably a brilliant idea. Eventually.
1: Eventually. Should be hard well, Again,
0: thank you. I'm glad we don't have to get there today because I do not have 32 of them ranked yet today. That being said, no, we kind of rolled through the back end of it. Uh, and I will say one guy, so I had one guy that you didn't have in your top 12 uh, in, uh, in Xavier Worthy. And I will give you my number 13 because I think he might be in your top 12. And, again, he can easily work his way back in there. But I knocked him down because of what happened uh, at the Senior Bowl, and that's Xavier Leggett sitting at 13 for me.
1: Xavier in my top 12. He's not 12. So 12 for me is Tez Walker. And, again, yes, I knocked Mm -hmm. him down because of the Senior Bowl as well. I was already kind of nervous because there's not a ton of tape due to the weird transfer rules and then making him sit out Mm -hmm. and that rubbish. But, um, man, this guy can get open. Wow, he can get open. Mm-hmm. wow, does he struggle catching the football? I mean, you, if you're a wide receiver, <laughs> I, I you kind that's of – think a bit
0: uh, – it's a bit overblown, but okay.
1: Dude, it doesn't even – it just doesn't look natural with him. I like him a lot still, but it's – I'll give in you that. Compar- In comparison to, you know, some of the, a lot of the other guys we're going to talk about today, yes, he struggles catching the football in comparison to a lot of the other wide receivers on this list, and that is, well, you know, kind of crucial if you're a wide receiver. Yeah. <laughs> You want to bring that thing in so i knocked mm-hmm. him down a little bit but he's a little thin i don't really care about that he's he can get open he can run great just mm-hmm. gotta secure the bread basket
0: yeah i got him higher than you do so i'll tell you that number when we get there but just to finish off that take the one thing i will say for him because because you were saying it's like oh yeah he's got he's having trouble catching the football i still saw him catch some decent throws at
1: the at the senior bowl it seems yeah. though with him though there's no rhyme or reason on like whether it's a difficult catch, an easy catch, Right, has some was, drops.
0: Yeah, it's not Braylon where you like you knew he's gonna catch some spectacular stuff and drop some easy ones. But uh, the one thing that I will say, and I wrote that down too, like not tons of production, but uh, he's definitely a guy who feels like a deep threat. He can do the end arounds, he can do the screen game too, but it seems like he's more comfortable kind of going deep and running post routes, stuff like that. Uh, and so that's one of those guys. That The one thing I did notice from the Senior Bowl, he doesn't seem like he has a, like a deep arsenal of moves yet. And so that's one of those things where tons of untapped potential. Uh, not sure if he's going to get there, which is why he's not necessarily at the top of the list. 12 for me, and this is a guy who worked his way into the top 12 and could easily jump up again, uh, as we see how we test at the Senior Bowl, is Lad McConkey, And of course, he's lower on my board than I think a bunch of other people, and he's very easily could jump up again. Uh, too, but here's the thing: this dude, six foot one eighty-five, so he's very much uh, is fine as far as the size goes. Maybe a little skinny, uh, but he might be the best route runner in the draft. When you look at how a guy just crisply no, moves He is. out, yeah, that might be. He is. Dude just makes guys miss. Like he finds space, he handles uh, catches in traffic, positions himself well for contested catches. He can sit down on like just a just a stop route. He can do the curls. He can do the outs. The dude runs every route and runs it incredibly well. He's very much the whole tree. He, the, the guy will like block. He'll run a jet sweep. He'll do like the wide receiver you know, halfback option kind of thing where he goes to just about throw the ball. Uh, I don't think he's necessarily going to blow the doors off of you with anything spectacular, but oh my goodness, is he just going to be a go-to on third down? He's able to go slot, able to go wide, and just showed out at the senior bowl. So there's a ton to like there. I just don't know exactly where I'm going to f- put him in the final rankings of everything.
1: Well, Eleven, for me, is the guy that you, uh, I think you had him, I forget already, I don't know if you had him at 12 <laughs> or if he was your 13, I think he's your 13, it's it's Xavier Leggett. Okay. Um, I, you know, once said on one of the episodes, I, I really, really liked his, his tape, you mm-hmm. know what I mean, when you're watching him, especially if you're watching all the good things, you can get seduced by that pretty easily, right. but... I can't lie, it was a little frustrating that he showed up to the combine significantly smaller than he allegedly was. And, well, and not mean, only. In
0: his defense, it was probably the school that put him that way, but he also didn't do anything well, I'm not, to correct it. Yeah,
1: I'm not blaming him for it. I'm just saying. I was expecting him to be a six foot three, like 230 pound guy, like, you know, mm-hmm. in the mold of like an A.J. Brown or something like that. Um, well, that's certainly not the case. Um, while I still okay, so believe. So it's he, funny you mentioned that because something that I was reading was saying
0: A.J. Brown's only like 6'1, 2'20.
1: Yeah, but he, does, he doesn't look like the the ripped A.J. Brown. And I'm going to say no. A.J. Brown, say both wide receivers coming out of that classroom will miss. DK Metcalf right. in there too. We thought he, we as in, I guess, the draft media, if you will, thought he was going to be more that type of mold. Right. An alien. And, yeah right and while he i don't know maybe he's a little closer to a dk cuz he obviously still has the top end speed but man he's really tr- he's really struggling getting separation at the senior bowl and i'm not suggesting at all that the senior bowl struggle should trump an entire you know college oh, yeah. career cuz his tape is good i mean he's still mm-hmm. number 11 in a very deep class i just knocked him down a little bit because I liked, you know, the size, the strength, you know, the the production, the tape, mm-hmm. and I lost a little bit of that. The size, that height, and everything's not there. It's right, two inches or more shorter than what we believe. So, right, um, and and yeah. now what I'm seeing at the Senior Bowl makes me want to go back to the tape and try to figure out the separation issues. So. Sure. And I did I did go back to the tape and it looked like at least again you look at the highlights on
0: uh, not every play, but he was able to get separation because he's got that speed. But the the thing is that I found interesting, it, it took him close to five seasons to get legit starter playing mm-hmm. time. That's another thing that, that I'm curious about is it's scary. Uh, again, guys guys develop at different paces, but now you're telling
1: me how long it's gonna take you to develop at the nfl level as well. Yeah, and he, well and you mentioned five seasons he's already over 23 years old you know how i factor that in whether it's fair or not yeah. to me it makes sense not so much with wide receivers because they can have longer careers i think you and i right. were talking about this more off air but I, mean, I dude mm-hmm. i absolutely factor age into like running back because they fall off sure. quicker their careers are shorter mm-hmm. i factor it in a cornerback because unless you're mm-hmm. elite you, you know once you start getting around 30 then it's like okay are you is your career in a complete decline? Can right. you slide over to safety? Are you just become? I don't know, you know. So I yep. factor it into some positions. It I, I really mentioned it with like, all, but
0: yeah, those two position groups, and then the gigantic interior defensive tackles, like again, Devon. But uh, can you handle the weight for more than you know five, right. six, seven
1: seasons in the NFL? So
0: those are all fun Which parts. Very, to very add curious
1: to. that he refused to weigh in at yeah. the combine. I know he's Not allegedly sure 362, about. and we're, is he heavier than that now? He, I think he almost must be. Right. How big can he be. be? That's why
0: he's freaking out. Exactly. So there you go. That's that's the intrigue. and Obviously, he's going to have to weigh in, I think, at the combine. Uh, or if he doesn't there as well, then we know there's a question mark. But uh, number 11 for me is one of the guys you mentioned just outside of your top 12 as well, and that's Xavier Worthy. And Worthy, again, 6'1", 172. So a bit skinny, no doubt about that. But uh, he just looks... He looks a little bit smaller than what he actually even is listed at. I'm not saying that's wrong. It's just something to factor in. The so thing to smooth. say about him Yeah, he is. He's incredibly smooth. He's able to line up, like, all over uh, the field. He seems like he has more, like, of an underneath route tree. He doesn't seem like he's as much of a vertical threat. Not that, that he's not fast. Maybe Which is opposite from,
1: from last year. When he was on my radar, man, mm-hmm. two years ago, it was, like, the effortless, like, speed where just just right. sneaks all the way down the field and, and stretches I, it. and. Yeah, I don't think the speed
0: is lost. It could just be that they changed how they were using him uh, because they had, I don't know, Mitchell on the team as well. Uh, But he had three strong seasons. This is a guy who made things happen he wasn't uh, over the top transcendent seasons but he had over 50 catches three years in a row for texas uh the one thing that was interesting though is that he had fewer touchdowns each season so again touchdowns are not always the easiest thing to replicate but still the fact that he's able to line up i think in the that's an
1: ad nine mitchell effect
0: yeah it very well could be yeah yeah <laughs> but he's able to line up in the slot jonathan brooks other guys uh you know of course they had bijan there last year he's able to go slot outside dude can win one-on-one you know, plays. He's able to position himself to make those catches. It seems like he's a decent route runner. Definitely good at creating space. Quick moves in the red zone. Good spatial awareness. A lot to like about him. But much like Lad McConkey, and I think that uh, McConkey's you know a better route runner, but Worthy's still a, a great player. I just there were things that didn't quite stand out to me enough to move him up higher right now. But that being said, this is why we're at this point in the evaluation process. All right, he's
1: number 10. ten for ten for me. Uh, you. Literally just mentioned his name, and while I have him higher on my list than you, also similar to you, still much lower than the rest of the world. And I really <laughs> like this guy. Again, it's a deep class, so it is sure. what it is. You're ha- it's tough to separate some of these guys, but I got Ladd McConkey mm-hmm. at 10, and I'm with you on everything. I won't rehash it. I mean, he—he he, it's not a might-be. He is the best route runner in this draft. I mean, <laughs> it's like he runs his routes like – just absolutely perfectly, like how they're designed, or he just calls the audible on the route and can read the where the defense has got a hole, and he just right. goes there, and you know the, they just trust him to do that. I don't know the right. answer to that. All I'm saying is, is if there's a it hole works. in the defense, whether it's designed or not, <laughs> he ends up there. Right. So it, it's nice, but the reason I have him at ten lower than everyone else is like there's the production just is not. <laughs> it's nowhere near close to some, so a lot of these other guys we were about no, to talk about weird. he only had 30 catches and he was only targeted 37 times well, admittedly seven. that that was partially cuz he was hurt for a chunk of the season this year but oh, still, no i, I totally get it but i mean it's part of the reason that he get he got open so easily is he wasn't a threat. I don't know what the answer is, man. I worry about stuff like no, that. No, I don't. Like, Th- I'm not. I'm not as
0: concerned about that piece. I think he just he he's one of those guys that, for whatever reason, isn't as much of a
1: focus for an offense because of what he does and how he does it. It seems like I don't know, but I could easily see a changing when he's in the NFL. Well, I'm just saying they also had Brock Bowers there, who the defense was way more worried about, fair. at least for this yes, part fair. of the season he was playing. So I but don't most know. I, I I can tell he's the best route runner in the draft, but I. Certainly don't think he's a first-round pick like the rest of the world. Not necessarily, no. But
0: I will tell you this. uh, What he's doing is going to age well, and he can play into his mid to late 30s if things all go well for him. Another guy that uh, has potential to age well, depending on how things fly for him, is Malachi Corley, and that's the guy who sits at 10 for me. Uh, Dude who's one of those short, stocky, kind of moves like a running back. Wide receivers, right? Uh, he can. He's good in traffic. Great underneath route runner. Very good on the screens. Uh, he sometimes gets a bit too physical. He definitely got flagged for something at the senior bowl when he basically just ran over the DB, uh, which was before he got the ball, not after, uh, which he can't really do. <laughs> but uh, he can definitely do like the jet sweeps. He can do corner routes. He's very much a slot guy. Like this is not someone who's going to line up very much on the outside just because of how he's been used in college, and it makes sense given his size and his skill set, but uh, he's got 11 touchdowns each of the last two years, which as I say, it's not easy to replicate when you do it two years in a row. It shows me you got a nose for the end zone at least, or that the team trusts you to do that. Uh, And he feels like, and again, I know we don't do a ton of player comps on here, but he feels like a Debo kind of guy where they're going to line him up in the backfield. They're going to line him up in the slot. They're going to find ways to get the ball in his hands because he just does damage when he gets there. That being said, he's another guy who didn't crack a thousand yards. Another one who has a lot of production, but also was at Western Kentucky, so you're kind of questioning the the level he played at. But he played well at the Senior Bowl, so he can hang with these guys. The question is, where's the next year for him?
1: Well, Dan, number nine on my list is uh, well, it's Malachi Corley. Ah, so you were way off, way too low on him. <laughs> um, well, you just literally just said everything. So the only thing that I'll add is just uh, what I kind of see a little bit of. In Malachi Corley, you know who I see, it kind of hits home, and maybe mm-hmm. that's why I like him quite a bit. He's always been a my guy this whole season, dude. I see some of Monroe St. Brown in him. Okay, that's a compliment. Just that that gritty, nasty wide receiver who's gonna fight you and everything. Like mm-hmm. I, I don't know, that's what I see. Not the biggest guy in the room, but a strong guy in the room. Right. I mean, I, and then everything else you just said. Yeah, I'm a huge fan. Love the yeah. Production. Whatever team Love he
0: everything. ends up on. Yeah, whatever team he ends up on, uh, if they use him right. And again, as long as you're not looking for him to be a number one, you're you're in great shape. You can do just about everything else for your team.
1: So Tess Walker. What, what, I, what I will say, though, is the way I currently have my rankings going, just because we got to nine, the nine to 12 has been all the guys that I'm kind of thinking are probably going to be like, the third-round picks, and maybe we're getting into, okay. like, second-round picks. But I think I'm probably off, too, because I think all these wide receivers are going to go fast. I think these are more along oh, yeah. my grade. I don't know. We'll see. Your
0: grades, well, again, as we've told people before, and we will remind people as we go through the whole draft process, you, you've put about, like, a dozen to maybe 16 first-round grades on guys anyways, and we obviously know yeah. there's more – then that, they're going to go. And so these are, as we're talking about these, I would not be surprised at all if 12 wide receivers are gone by the end of the second round. The only question is, who's it going to be? And Tez Walker's my number nine. We already talked about him. Still looking forward to his uh, draft process. When we get a chance to see him test at the combine, should be interesting. How about
1: number eight? Uh, This is where I got Adonai Mitchell, man. Um, okay. And I, I he's kind of in this tier with the next... You know, three wide receivers to me. they they could all that four pack. So mm-hmm. we did a show in the past where I had six wide receivers who were all clustered. And I had a hard time separating out. <laughs> so yeah. I've I have now separated Tez Walker and Xavier and Xavier Leggett and Xavier Worthy right. out of that six pack. So it's down mm-hmm. to four. I currently have Adnai Mitchell at the bottom of the four, just because for I now. feel like for now, yeah, it could change. But like I went back to the tape and I watched him. And it's like he does everything really well, but he doesn't have anything that great. Like one thing, like mm-hmm. some of the other guys I'll talk about, like just the crazy like you know, effort they'll give in the game or like a, a, a difference maker with the speed or anything like that. He just does everything well. Like he's got sure. f- solid speed. He's got solid hands. He's got solid route running. Like he's just not mm-hmm. bad at anything, and he gets the job done, but he doesn't have any one attribute that I think is a difference maker in comparison to the next three guys I'm going to talk about. Sure. So leave it open there. I like him a lot. He's got great size, great production. He's a really good player. He is.
0: Yeah. It's interesting you put that on there. Like, my notes for him, because he's on my list as well, seems like a complete player. The fact that I said seems like is one of those things. Like, he he is able to He's able to get open when he played at Georgia. He's able to get open when he played at Texas. 6'4 and maybe 200 pounds. So, again, he could probably put on a good 10 pounds and not hurt himself too much. Uh, But again, 11 touchdowns, able to win the 50-50 balls. The the question I have is like, like you said, is like, why wasn't he was very good, but why wasn't he even a little bit better? And again, not suggesting that we're not we're expecting something insane from these guys, but it just seems like there's more still to unpack and untap there, which is going to be alluring to certain scouts and certain teams who are going to think that they can take him from where he's at now and put 10 pounds on him and turn him into something crazy. So he's again, he's one of.
1: And he's kind of a one-year wonder in a way too, to me though.
0: To an extent, yeah, and that's the question is, uh, but he, he still put up decent numbers that his one year, his uh, last year at Georgia as well, and so that's the thing It's like this was his year at Texas to do something, and so it was it's interesting as we go through the the transfer portal and continue to move forward with that piece of college football, it's going to be bonkers trying to come up with, you know, figuring out where guys have been and what they're going to now. But that's my number seven. So my number eight. Is somebody that I think is in your the rest of your pack here, maybe, or he might even you might even have him higher, and uh, you'll have to forgive me for this. And hopefully his dad does as well. But this is where I've got mm. Brennan Rice right now, so he's sitting at eight for me. Uh, here's what I will say: Dude is more intimidating than his dad. Like Jerry was mm. awesome, but Jerry didn't necessarily physically worry you too much. Brennan Rice just seems like a nasty guy when it comes to the point of uh, of the snap of the football. And again, I don't think he is as a person, right? But just he has this this Aggressiveness when it comes to getting off the ball, very physical at the point of attack. This guy is, seems like he's got decent speed. I'm not. I'm very curious to see because he looks like he might. He might run faster than he looks like he's running. You know, because he's, he's not, gonna be faster than not, his dad. I know that. Well, yeah, fair. I mean, he's not At Perry, where At Perry was just like a gazelle out there. I don't think he's gonna be quite the same thing. But it feels like he just kind of lopes around and still gets there quickly. So I'm curious to see what the actual speed is because it seems like he either. He's going faster than he looks, or he looks like he he should be able to go faster. You know, so that's the question right there. But uh, the guys create separation on the deep ball. He did that at, at Colorado and at USC. Uh, he seems like he's he's good at creating separation, regardless wherever he's at. Uh, he's good on the corner routes, good on the slant routes. Uh, he doesn't seem like he's as much of a deep threat as some of the other guys in the list, but feels like he can get there. He definitely did with USC. There's just something about the way that he moves that seems like he's better suited to some other routes uh and again he's great in the underneath stuff as well but he he's another player who looked great at the senior bowl he had a rough first day but the last couple days of practice he was winning more way more than he was losing he was using his body to get in position well and guys just couldn't physically handle him
1: so you're, you're right dan i mean i'm definitely higher on brennan rice than the rest of the world so he'll be coming up i mean it's hard to not like i'm I'm not going to bet, bet against <laughs> Jerry Rice's son. I've said that a million Course. times. I mean, plus he looks good, but he's actually right here. I got him at seven, so I'll just keep going. Oh, flying. there we go. Um, and, yeah, you said, so what he is is, you remember everything I just said about Adonai Mitchell? Yeah. Copy and paste that for Brennan Rice, only add kind of what you were saying. He's got that, that – he's an effort guy. He's got that, like, passion mm. and excitement and, like, nastiness to his game. Like, he's excited to go get in – involved in the running game and right. you know get physical with the dbs and that's exactly how he got himself in trouble a little bit on day one <laughs> i think he was trying to over the senior bowl he, he was mm-hmm. trying to oversell his willingness to be an impact like right pl- aggressive wide receiver whether it be blocky i don't know what he was trying to represent because they're on pass plays that's what i think he right. was doing who knows but he was getting so involved with getting physical with the dbs that he was kind of forgetting he's supposed to run out and run. I, I don't know what's going on, but sure, yeah. you know, in a way, like I'm sure that probably excited some people because you mm-hmm. know, how many wide receivers are just not great run blockers and don't really put effort into it, right? You know, he, he showed he's willing to do that on day one. It's like, okay, guy, we get it now. You got to go be a wide receiver, so we'll see if he turns mm-hmm. that around. I like his, I, I like his tape quite a bit. I agree with everything he said, so I'm not going to reiterate it. I feel very good about him being a seven. I cooled off a little bit on him just because I feel like he is A.D. Mitchell plus like an effort guy.
0: Sure, and also plus about 10 or 15 pounds. Uh, and yeah, yeah, the other thing about Rice, I will say, is he's another one of the guys, and I think everybody coming up after this pretty much has pretty good tape on this, that that can return kicks as well. So if you need him to do that in your, on your team in this first season, he's probably going to be pretty capable of that, too. He did some nice stuff when he was at Colorado. So And I got Adonai Mitchell at 7, so that takes us to the first half. So why don't uh, we jump in and talk a little more about some beer that you did enjoy uh, from the weekend that doesn't have still- to do with blueberries. <laughs> Still hate you with that beer. Well, you picked the other one. What one are you oh, talking about? Oh man, sorry. That was just that was so special. It was hard for me not to smile mm. and laugh again. And it was unintentional. Like you know, sometimes you try to do something to mess with your buddies, and you're like, ha I got you on this. And that was unintentional, but it was just so wonderful that we were able to pull that off. So uh, I'm going to go with the first beer that we tried that you've talked about, but I wanted to mention it: uh, the Grandfather which is another one of the more interesting ones from Founders that we got to try. It's definitely a holiday beer, so you might still see some bottles of it lying around, uh, if you're lucky, in your shops, especially around the uh, Midwest area. And it is a fruit beer, unlike a mead, it's it's a beer. <laughs> but it's a beer that has a bunch of cranberry and a bunch of orange. And what was the third one? There's a third orange. fruit in there. Orange. Uh, beer. Just cranberry and Orange. Orange peel. Okay, yeah. Uh, anyway, look at it. This one was one that had enough of the tartness from the cranberries to balance out the sweetness that the beer itself was going for, and it was it was pretty delightful for what it was. All things considered, I gave it a three two five, uh, and I it was a good one to start with, uh, even if it was you know a little bit too fruity maybe for the likes of you.
1: Yeah, it was definitely teetering on that line, but the the difference here is, well, cranberry fruit is different than you know say a uh, blueberry fruit one is like. extremely sweet which is not my thing and the cranberries got some tartness and bitterness a little bit of bite to it so i can h- handle when that's a little more aggressive on the palate better than i right. can you know the blueberry overload plus Plus, this one did not have crushed up rollades in it so that <laughs> was a win so yeah i i like this one pretty much you pretty much spot on about the same as is you on that right mm-hmm. in the three two five range so uh, huge fan, but it seems seems I already covered that one. Why don't we just talk about the other two briefly that I've already covered that you tried that you had okay. so get, that'd be the, the Shorts Brewing Chocolate Wheat, which is ironically the porter. You finally got to try that one. What were right. your thoughts there? You know what? That was exactly what it says it was in the best yeah. way possible. Like it yeah. was a chocolate
0: wheat porter. And the nice thing about the porters, because again, those of you who don't maybe drink, as many of them are just lump them all together with them when they're dark beers, porters generally tend to be, they have different flavor notes, but they also tend to be a little bit lighter than a lot of the stouts that are out there. And so that was kind of nice to have a lighter chocolate porter, because again, the chocolate is more associated with stouts than porters just because, not that there's right, wrong, or otherwise. But uh, it was a lighter, you know, dark beer in a good way. Uh, and it had that just real solid chocolate flavor that wasn't overpowering. Like it wasn't sweet chocolate flavor. It was just a nice... Solid, just, it was almost uh, like a malto meal kind of chocolate where it wasn't overpowering with it. I mean, it didn't taste like malto meal. It tasted great. It was beer. Uh, but it was definitely a pleasing one. It wasn't transcendent
1: for me, but it was very solid, very enjoyable, and I would have cracked another one open if you had one. So the third one, <clears throat> and I know we said we we're going to save some of these, and we still are, but um, you finally got to try some of these ones I've been talking about for a while. Uh, and then I'll add something about this one after I get your take. Mm-hmm. But what, what about the shorts, uh, Goodnight Bodacious?
0: Now, on I get night, bodacious, like you you pointed it out when we tried that one, this was the best one we had so far, Uh, and that's true because, again, this is a dark IPA, a dark double IPA. Uh, which Double is, black IPA, yep. Yeah, a weird combination in the best way, again. And again, this is this is an indication when Shorts gets things right. We like to joke about them being your favorite and your least favorite uh, brewery at mm-hmm. times because of some of the Facts. experimental stuff that they do. And again, I'd rather have a brewery experiment with stuff and get it wrong
1: than never experiment. So points yeah, to them rem- for... Remember, remember how I said it was really hard to find the worst beer that Founders ever made, but you successfully did right. it? Yep. It is not hard to find a terrible beer buy shorts but it's, so it's also not hard, hard to find, find a great cool one beer. yeah exactly so
0: that's what makes life interesting and hey look you try them you figure it out but that's also why like shorts is the kind of place where if any if they make anything i will try it but i also might only buy one of them because i'm not sure oh uh, yeah but good night bodacious is when you can easily get a six pack oven and have no complaints because of how they do that beer it's the, the usual issue that I have with doubles is doubles start getting too sweet for me and the flavor. Not necessarily that like they are, it's just the way that the flavor comes through. The doubles and the Imperials, they get too sweet. And so the black kind of cuts through that with some more bitterness, which gives you the IPA with the feel almost of a porter. And so, yeah, definitely very enjoyable. I remember what I rated it, uh, but it's definitely like,
1: that's over a 3.5 for me, definitely. Last note I'll say, when we are checking into it, and I, I think I rated that thing at like four and a quarter. I love that beer. Sure. But um, when I was checking into it, you know what I saw that's there that I didn't know existed? What's that? They, they have a rye barrel aged goodnight bodacious. Well, that's happening. <laughs> yeah. Well, we got to find those... it. But, yeah, that's uh, yeah, that sounds like a <laughs> we win. We have to make a right. run up to
0: Bel Air for that one. Uh, no. One other thing I will mention from the, the, the beverage side of things, this is not a craft brew. This is not a, a craft distillery. But it is something noteworthy that a lot of people talk about trying. I got to have, because we did a little whiskey night uh, last Saturday night and didn't get a chance to talk about it last show. So I got to have a little nip of the blue. I got some Johnny Walker blue because, uh, shout out to Cloud, one of our friends decided it was a great time to bust out one of those bottles. It's always good to have friends that think uh, incredibly hilariously expensive whiskeys is a good time. So um, here's what I can tell you. It, it's incredibly hilariously expensive, but man, is it good. There's a reason why. I've, I've had why. a sip
1: of it before too, once or twice, and it's good.
0: There's a reason why things... And that's where we're coming from. It's like some things that are priced in the hundreds of dollars, there's a reason why it's priced in hundreds of dollars. Now, it's not something you do very often, but if you need to go out and get uh, something that you know you're going to just sip on for a very special occasion and you're okay with that price point johnny walker blue certainly fine but there's a lot of a lot of uh, bourbons and a lot of scotches and stuff like that that are in that couple hundred dollar price range that are worth it uh, we are not going to start tasting those until they start giving them to us for a discount but for right now that was fun uh getting to have a little bit of the blue beverage break
1: out of the way let's get to the top six sir all right you want me kick her off yeah all right number six i have keon coleman from florida state so mm-hmm. he's been a guy that's bounced around a little bit for me but you know the take that I copy and paste of Adonai Mitchell. Uh, you know, I keep saying Adonai and sometimes I say AD A D in case people are wondering. That's the same guy that he goes right. by people call him. Some people say yeah, some people say Adonai, some
0: people say Adonai. So it really depends on how you want to play the, yeah. the you know, Hebrew side of things. So
1: yeah, yeah, copy and pasted that take for Brennan Rice. I <laughs> mean copy and take Brennan Rice's take for Keon Coleman, only mm-hmm. you can add a little bit more height, a little bit mm-hmm. more weight. He's actually a little Mm -hmm. bit younger. Keon Coleman's still only 20 as of today. One Um, of the reasons why he's up here on the list. But then what you can add that's actually relevant is the fact (laughs) that you copy and paste that Brennan Rice take, but you add a little bit more of, like, dude with the effort. Dude lays his body out. He's Mm -hmm. hurdling people. He's probably got more flashy plays with the hands and whatnot. But just, Mm -hmm. I I don't know, I think he – well, Brennan Rice gives tons of effort, like all across the field. I'm not taking anything away from him. He definitely like gets excited to show it in the physical part of it. Mm-hmm. But like I see where Keon Coleman gives all the effort is dude will lay out for the football. Like <laughs> he, yeah. he will when he once he's got the ball, that's where all the efforts come. He's hurt like say mm-hmm. hurdling people, like stiff arming, one hand grab, right. stretching out, like across the middle, like yeah. I mean he's still only 20, so I think he's, it's just a little bit more. And, again, I wouldn't be mad if anybody took Brennan Rice or Ed Nye Mitchell over at Kean Coleman. I just currently have Coleman ranked just a little bit higher, just a little bit. I would be. <laughs> I've got him a little bit higher than you do. Uh, and, again, I agree with everything that
0: you said there. Almost like he takes it personally when he gets the football in his hands that if he's not in the end zone, something's gone wrong. Uh, I, the one question I do have for him is where he's going to test speed-wise. I don't think he's slow, but I'm also very curious to see where he's going to End up because he's another one of those guys. I don't know if it's the six foot four dudes that I sometimes have trouble figuring out how much of that is just them being way taller than I am and their legs not moving as fast. I don't know, but uh, this dude gets behind coverage. He's capable of returning kicks. He's got the whole route tree. He can do the crossing. He can do the deep stuff. He can do screens. Uh, he, and again, one of the things I wrote is maybe not crazy flashy. Like he's not trying to do the the incredible. But when the ball gets in his hands, uh, he's incredibly solid. He had 11 touchdowns. It did some slot work, but here's the thing. He only still only had 50 catches. I don't mm-hmm. know if
1: that's a function of the offense. I don't know exactly. I think that's a function of Travis destroying his ankle. Well, everything was on a different – his season was on a complete, completely different trajectory when Travis was still at QB. Yeah, I know you agree with the you know football
0: committee for leaving him out, but uh, that's a whole nother story. The Here's the thing that I wrote at the end. Dude, it seems like a lot of untapped potential still with him. And this is a guy who played at Michigan mm-hmm. State last year with a terrible quarterback situation that they had last season. And then this season at Florida State had a great quarterback for half the year, and then they were trying to figure most of the year, and they were trying to figure it out there at the end. But Keon Coleman, I think teams will easily be able to talk themselves into taking him uh, if not in the first round, early second round. He just seems like that's where, where he's going to end up. But he's my number five, so I'm going to give him my number six real quick. And that's Brian Thomas Jr., the first of uh, two LSU wide receivers we'll end up talking about most likely. Uh, and this is a guy that I was lower on until I finally got to watch through what he does. And, I mean, you want to talk about a outside target and a deep threat who's just going to get to the end zone every time, it feels like. The guy had 17 touchdowns this year. Wins one-on-one matchups. He's so good at getting deep, creating separation. Uh, I, I kind of want to go see if I can find some older footage of him before he had Jaden Daniels just, just flinging balls. Because every highlight was you know, Jaden Daniels throwing a 40-yard pass and him being three yards ahead of the, wide, or of the, the DB. So I'm curious to see some other stuff from him. Um, he definitely does the deep routes, definitely does the post well. I have no clue from what I've been able to see so far if he's really good at some of the, the more technical routes that aren't just go, hey, Brian, go run. So I'm curious with that piece, but definitely feels like the number one target, like like the DK Metcalf, that was kind of the question people had with him coming into the draft, was can you do more than just run a straight line? Now, he's really good at running a straight line. So is Brian Thomas.
1: So Brian Thomas is my number five. So I had a I'm feeling like, he might be. Yeah. <laughs> he's my number five. So I can't do the copy-paste take from the previous guys because I think their games are a little different. but brian thomas the reason i gave him the edge despite you always referring to him as my guy you always say he's my guy (laughs) um dude he's just got a gear that the other Mm -hmm. three don't have he's got an extra gear i can't wait to see what his speed is i agree with you on the route tree he's not a a lad mcconkey who's like the Banyai tree is that what i'm looking for the Banyai tree the huge ones (laughs) not bonsai the huge oh. ones that are, have like a bazillion branches. Oh and, right, yeah. The, the, uh-huh. You know what I'm talking about? Because it's wrapped around each about other, his, yeah. uh-huh. it's about his route tree. So, but anyways, <laughs> sorry. Uh, Brian Thomas is not like that, but man, he's got. You know what I get? I get like a poor man's and I, this is that sounds terrible. I don't want to say that it sounds like a knock on Brian Thomas, but I guess <laughs> it's it's fair. What I was gonna say is I get like a poor man's version vibe of of a Randy Moss. Sure. This is I a tall, be okay thinner wide receiver who's <laughs> got a gear that most can't hit and he just can stretch the field and get touchdowns. And when you get a mm-hmm. tall wide receiver that stretches the field, it's a lot of fun, man. It's a lot Especially, of
0: fun. I mean, you, so you could see a guy like him being on a team like Buffalo that doesn't have a tall field stretcher and watch Josh Allen do the same thing that Jaden Daniels did all year long. Mm-hmm. I like I like That's Frank
1: Thomas. I, I think he's...
0: He's locked into my top five, I think. For sure. Sure. Well, Thomas is sitting at six for me right now because I got Keon Coleman at five. So it just kind of gives you an idea of where both of us are at with those guys. And it's fun so far. We haven't agreed on any of these, but we've been very close on pretty much all of them. So that makes things fun as we go up into the top four. Who do you have at the four spot?
1: Oh, man, I got my guy Troy Franklin. Hey, look at that. We agree on one finally. So so Troy Franklin is just a, a little shorter, not much, just a little shorter than what Brian Thomas is. Six, and three a, lot, six, four. a lot lighter a lot lighter right. he's probably about 20 pounds lighter so that's you know there's a little bit of concern there but I'll tell you what Troy Franklin can do he's got a bigger route tree and mm-hmm. my goodness is he smooth and agile and got a great hand he can stretch the field the exact same way as Thomas he's right. like say almost as tall as Thomas got extra routes yeah the knock is the weight but just mm-hmm. the Thomas take plus routes man Sure. Like, That's what I see.
0: Uh, and Franklin's got the shimmy. He's got. Yeah, uh, he's, he's got. Moves. I saw highlights where it seems like DBs lost this guy, which is mm-hmm. hilarious to me because you'd think he'd be a focus of your your defense. Dude had 14 touchdowns and the big thing about him the last two seasons, he caught over 70% of the passes thrown to him each of the last two years. And that's huge because there's guys that are in the fifties and sixties. But when you see someone that consistently catches the ball at that rate, it shows me that he one is getting open and two is securing the catch once that happens. Uh, And again, He's, he's 6'3". You can't coach 6'3". You can easily put 10 or 15 pounds on this guy and probably not affect his speed too much at that size. So you can get him up to 200 pounds probably That's it. and uh, and really
1: make things interesting when he gets out there. But 81 catches for 1,300 yards? Come on now. And I, Dude, I think from what I see on tape, I think he could run in the four threes. And it, right now, he's kind of on the edge of the first-round talk for a lot of people.
0: He runs in the 4-3s. He's a, he's a first-rounder, yeah, without a doubt. I think he can run –
1: I'm going to say like a four three eight is what I'm oh, saying. Oh, jeez. All right, cool. I'm not getting that detailed yet. but Yeah. All right. Nope. Well, number three. <laughs> number three, man, I got the youngest wide receiver in the draft. Um, this guy's still 22. He's actually just a little bit younger than Keon Coleman, which is, which mm-hmm. is pretty wild, but 20 as well. I, Let me clarify. Not 22. Oh yeah. I see how that sounded funny. <laughs> um, so this is Malik neighbors, man. And sure. it, it's different. I think we're the same
0: by the way, for our top four. So go ahead.
1: I got neighbors at three as well, but neighbors has got solid weight at 200, but he is mm-hmm. not the same height as all these other guys in that, that no. cluster that's ripped through. He's, he's six foot. Allegedly. We'll see. Mhm. But, um, dude's ex- explosive too. Don't think he's as fast as as Troy Franklin, but you know, the he, He's definitely got the a really good route tree, even more so than Franklin. Uh, he mm-hmm. might be up there in the top three or four of the best hands in this draft. Like a great mm-hmm. effort. I don't know, great production. So not says correct. There, there's <laughs> the, there's not a lot to pick apart on his game. There really isn't. And what mm-hmm. impresses me is like he's twenty, and he, he I, the only thing I can do is pick on some of the things that don't matter a ton that he can't help, and that's just he's not the same size as some of these guys. Sure. Six foot, if he is six foot and two hundred pounds, that's okay. Yeah, that's fine. I, uh, yeah, that, I mean, it's just a different I mean, kind production's of fine. off the charts. Two thousand oh, yards, yeah. seasons this past one almost sixteen hundred yards, almost mm-hmm. ninety grabs. I mean, I mean the, 14 the only thing pounds. I. I guess the only thing that you could pick apart and talk about production with him would be he did have Brian Thomas Jr. on the other side of the field, which can't you know they can't just completely like double team him or try to take him out of the game. So it might have made things easier for him. It also might have been the fact that Jaden Daniels is a stud QB. But then you can start wondering was Daniels good because he had both of them, or you know certainly way down, yeah. (laughs) So, I don't know. I think that's 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 mm-hmm. why I got him at three, and I got the other two guys above him. I think the other two guys are in a different tier than everybody else we've talked sure. about.
0: Well, just like when Justin Jefferson had Joe Burrow, and you're like, well, did one help the other? And we just found out they're both pretty darn good. So, yeah, that's good kind job. of the situation it feels like for neighbors. And I agree with everything you just said there, uh, because this is a dude who can do the jet sweeps. He needs hardly any room to get free. When you think about it, because, I mean, again, there's that quickness there. Uh, but he can also mm. go deep, tracks the ball well. He's a, he's one of those guys that I'm not concerned if the ball's a little off target, he's going to find a way to kind of maneuver himself around to get there. Um, and this was the highest-rated wide receiver on PFF. Like, he was up in the, in the low 90s. And so, again, everything about him is solid, it seems like. The big difference, as you've said, out of these top six guys is he's three inches shorter than all of them, pretty much, or mm-hmm. three or four. So that's not his fault. It just is what it is. That being said, whatever team drafts him and he will get drafted highly, he could be the the second wide receiver off the board easily. There's, I don't I mean, think so. Some people are. He could be though. Uh, so it really could depends be. on how things shake I'm out. Really I know why. Imagine. Well, I know why you don't think so. So go ahead and tell us who you believe will be the second, at worst, off the board.
1: Well, first, I forgot you you brought up an attribute with a about a guy that's. I have for a different player that I forgot to mention. Oh, okay. If for any reason Brendan Rice moves up, like say above the Keon Coleman to get back in the top six, mm-hmm. it's a hundred percent for that ball tracking. I watch him; he's looking up, he's running down the field, dead sprint on the sideline, and sure. he's always looking up at the ball, and he doesn't seem to slow down or like mm-hmm. potentially like swerve or I don't know. It's right. Where, it's where, where do you think you learned that from? Right. I don't know.
0: He's got he's got one <laughs> he's got one hell
1: of a coach at home, but Look, are- and that's
0: the joke we've had too. Is like whoever picks up Bren Rice, uh, you might be doing it mostly because you're picking him, and then uh, like
1: five percent because you're hoping Jerry comes by and talks to guys every once in a while. Hoping Jerry can't stay off the field as it is now. <laughs> he always randomly right. pops up. He's still very much involved. If his son's on an NFL team, Jerry's mm-hmm. basically on the team. Just no complaints. Saying. Not unless son says Unofficial. dad. Dad, give me space, man he might here and there we'll see all right number two uh wide receiver for me and you know we'll do our when we redo our big boards man there's a world like i'm almost at the point where both (laughs) these wide receivers might end up in my top three like that might be joe alt and then these two wide receivers i'm serious i like them both so so much but i I got roma Dunsey at three current or two wide receiver probably mm-hmm. three overall that's right that's right. why i said the three um you can go back and listen to almost any episode we <laughs> recorded in the past two years and i mm-hmm. probably mentioned why i like to do and i dude he just instead of rehashing everything i said because i'll let you go into it a little bit i'll just highlight this especially not against michigan who did dang why am i drawing a blank who did washington uh, take out texas in that texas game Hey, everybody played well for Washington, but yeah, they did. But I didn't think, and that's why, like, I've cooled off on Penix because Penix obviously mm-hmm. looked rough against Michigan. Right. But against Texas, I didn't think Penix. I thought his wide receivers, especially Doomsday, was saving him. If that's the right game I'm thinking about, like, there were red zone plays where Penix would throw it into the trying to get a touchdown. Mm-hmm. And he was—he flat out was throwing a pick, I'm like that's getting picked. And then Adunze does this crazy, like, extra effort thing and comes around and snags mm-hmm. the ball for him, or at least swats <laughs> it down and becomes a DB. Remember me cracking the mm-hmm. joke about he was becoming a DB? He saved Penix if he would have had two games back to back where he was turning silly red zone picks over, and then had that Michigan game. I think people will be talking different, but I think mm-hmm. Dunze is a quarterback's best friend. Is what I'm saying, just because I feel like his effort and his intelligence of the game and what he mm-hmm. physically is capable of doing blows my mind. Love the guy. Yeah, and
0: that's one of the things that I wrote was the trust of the quarterback. Like Penix, I think threw the ball up there because he just figured Roman was going to make a play, and he usually did. And that's the thing. Like the, he got open against Michigan like not all the time, but often, and Pennix just missed him. There were there were a couple throws that were easy touchdowns oh, yeah. or at least easy huge movers that they just missed on. So that's then that's, again, a part of the pressure from the Michigan, uh, the defending national champion, uh, Michigan uh, defensive line there. But the thing with him that we talked about, he gets positions on the catches. This guy just has a knack for big plays, like that little uh, fake inside flip outside that helped him win the Apple Cup when Adenze just, they needed a play and they went to him to make the play. Uh, this is a guy, he's great at the back shoulder throws. He just tracks the ball. Well, as another one that's like that, but he also for a dude who's six, three and two he's got a little wiggle. He's got enough to make yeah. guys, you know, guess, you know, the wrong way when he starts doing stuff. Uh, and again, but also a very fluid runner and a, and a great route runner as well. It just, he is a total package. He's a clear number one at the next level, even as a high contested catch win rate when you look at some of the, the advanced analytics. Uh, definitely not the guy who's getting the same love as the number one throughout the whole season, but he deserves to be in that conversation, which takes right. us to the top guy, which is the top yep. guy in pretty much everyone's world right now, which is super yeah, was, annoying because yep. he's a buck It's guy. fine,
1: though. It's fine, though. I mean, there's we don't have not to say much not about him either. Here, here's what I'll say about him. I mean, everybody knows everything about Marvin Harrison Jr., except for right. how he ended up getting being six four when his dad's like five eleven. I yeah, I don't know how that happened. <laughs> that I don't hey, know. I'd like to know that weird, I'd like to know how tall mom is. Sometimes. How Look, tall dude, is mom?
0: The two guys that I live with right now are brothers, blood
1: brothers. One is five eleven and the other is six foot nine. Yeah, I don't I don't understand. <laughs> but it what I will say about Marvin Harrison, because I I have often said there's not a ton Separating him and Roma Dunze for me, and sure. obviously anybody who's listening to the show knows I'm a Michigan fan, so it's easy for me just to say Dunze over Harrison, just to be spiteful. But <laughs> the reason I have Marvin Harrison Jr. above a Dunze is because he's just proved that he's QB proof. Very much so. He has a had a very, very different QB between the last two years, and mm. well, he didn't he didn't miss a beat same amount of touchdowns same <laughs> amount of yards almost the same amount mm-hmm. of reception. he just is who he is and he's qb proof he can make it happen i don't right. know if adunze is qb proof i obviously feel like i know he is but i don't right. really know he is where in reality i know that marvin harrison jr is qb proof and he's a beast sure yeah and uh, i pulled up their pfs just for fun do you want to know what those two uh, rated overall well, of course, and plus you're gonna obviously tell us all anyway. So, okay, me. so uh,
0: Roma Dunze
1: 89.8, Marvin Harrison
0: Jr. 89.9. I mean, okay. it's basically the same the same rating, right? And it's because they do they both do things you know really well. And I agree with everything you just said there. Uh, he he, w- I will admit the the things that I was curious about him coming into the season when I looked through, especially his highlights. He didn't necessarily look like he always played against. The toughest competitors, in the sense of like he didn't have a murderer's row of corners to roll through, Uh, not his fault, just kind of how the schedule broke down. But man, he made Kalen King look silly against Penn State, and that was so did everybody else. Well, yeah, right. But uh, that was the (laughs) first time we were curious. Yeah, but it is. It was one of the first times we were wondering, like, hey,
1: hang on, is Kalen King actually any good? I don't know. But uh, I stuck up for him after that game, though. I'm like, dude, it's Marvin Harrison Jr. You can't be too hard on him. And then he's was washed head. by
0: everybody, but yeah, exactly yeah. right. So again, hey, he still has time. We'll see what happens. But this dude has the flair for the spectacular too, with some of the the end zone catches he's had. Uh, 14 touchdowns each of the last two years. He can manage playing from the slot if he wanted to move around the formation too. The one thing that I did note was it seems like he dropped a few more passes than he probably should have the last couple of years. And again, that's not here nor otherwise. Like I'm not really sure exactly how. PFF quantifies a drop versus you know a catch that were a missed catch that wasn't his fault, something like that. So, and that's picking at nits. This guy is going to be, he might not be one of the top three players taken in the draft because we expect three quarterbacks to go at the top, but he will probably be the first non-quarterback taken because he is going to shift the field of whatever team gets him on there. Anything else you want to do to wrap up this uh, this very early, very uh, interesting take on wide receivers where we've got another. 18 to go through at some point
1: yeah i got a question for you that i'll answer as well but before doing so i just want to say how sad i am that i was so excited for this year because i was anticipating (laughs) on uh talking about my guy zakari franklin who Uh you know used to be a a road runner for utsa and transferred Mm -hmm. to mississippi and i was so looking forward to that and he didn't do much so he's probably going to be a udfa but yeah you got a little buried there Man, I was excited for him as a small school guy. But mm-hmm. uh, my question is, I'll answer it first, and then I want to see if, what you say. But it can't be the same answer. That's why, because you already got <laughs> in the top twelve. So, okay. who's most likely outside of your top twelve to move into the top twelve? For me, and you know what? I have no idea. I don't. Is it Pearsall? Parasol? You know what? It's pretty Ricky. It's pretty, pretty Ricky. Ricky. Yeah. Pretty Ricky is the most likely candidate to move up into my mm-hmm. top twelve.
0: Yeah. I think Pretty Ricky has a very good chance, and then for me, it's uh, maybe Roman it's, Wilson. Man, he just
1: well, keeps. Well, that's the thing I was about to people. say.
0: Roman Wilson is right there. Xavier Leggett is right there. I need to do a little look more looking at Jalen Polk. Jalen Polk is so good. I get so dude, mad at and, these wide receivers
1: because
0: yeah, there's just so many of them. Yeah, and then Malik Washington is someone else that I'm curious about that I need to spend a little more time on because that dude just produced. But I'm curious, you know, where that all lines up. So suffice to say. When we say there's 32 guys that can be taken, and we will talk about 32 guys at some point in another episode, in which case we can talk for 30 seconds probably, on our players. Probably just about. Post, post-Combine. Post-Combine, but there's legit, we aren't going to have to scramble and scrape to find 32 names. It's going to be no. easy this year with how much talent there is coming out this year, so it's going to be interesting to see how that all plays out. But uh, as we go forward, we are into February. We've got a few weeks before the Combine rolls around, and we will be rolling through every position group as we go forward. Anything you want to wrap up with here, buddy? I'm good. I already, I already got it off my chest. All right. We'll catch you next time. We're going to keep flip flopping between defense and offense. We'll be having a lot of fun trying to figure out where these guys all slot in. I'll <laughs>